We are very excited about today's show, but before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. This is one of my favorite products, and we are crushing it with an amazing sale this week. It's called AP24 Toothpaste, and it is the most powerful whitening toothpaste I have ever used. Okay, so it's whitening toothpaste, but what makes it so powerful? Kind of give us, like, I guess your experience with it since you're such a big fan. So one of my favorite things about it is there's no peroxide, which a lot of whitened toothpaste have, which can eat away your enamel and make your teeth really sensitive. I know even professional whitening tactics can also leave your teeth sensitive. I never had any sensitivity, but I had like twice the results. So I love that aspect. And also like even with the first use, you notice a difference. So it's instant gratification versus like two weeks, a month later, finally seeing results. Yeah. And I know my wife, Renata, for those of you listening, she did the the dentist teeth whitening and right before our wedding. So it's about uh, two and a half years ago. And to this day, her teeth are still sensitive because of that. You know, so, I mean, it can you use a raw product. It, I mean, she really regrets doing it because of the sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Um, but you didn't experience that with this. Not at all. And I have, I have that very sensitive teeth. So I, I can't even do crest white strips one time for half the time. Like that's how sensitive my teeth are. So I was really worried because I've seen the results are extreme with AP24, like extreme whitening. And I was nervous that it was going to happen, but I was assured that it wouldn't. And they were right. Yeah. And I've used this toothpaste, I think for like seven, eight years or six or seven years, whatever. So yeah, I, I, I love it too. And that's all that I do. And I don't whiten my teeth. I just use the toothpaste. And so this deal we have this week, like I said, it's like really an amazing deal. The, t- the tube of toothpaste is typically, tube of toothpaste is typically, good tongue twister, yeah. $23, which sounds like a lot, but I can promise you, you're like totally getting your bang for your buck with that. Even still, the sale is $15 a tube, which is great savings. Yep. So $15 a tube, um, where can they buy it? And does that include shipping and all that good stuff? They can get it at shop.pageantplanet.com and use the coupon code toothpaste. And that $15 does include free shipping. So $15 toothpaste, free shipping, coupon code toothpaste. Perfect. And I'll also include that in the show notes so you'll have a direct link to it. And uh, before we transition to this week's episode, uh, we do have some areas where there's a bit uh, glitchy uh, sound challenges. Just bear with us. It's really great content. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to be discussing something I feel like is pretty fun. It's six steps to recover from an awkward moment. So Jesse, go ahead and set the stage for us. This week, we're talking all about awkward, like you said. And in a way, I don't know if you feel this way, Stephen, but I kind of feel like 2018 made awkward kind of a cool thing after all. Like, and like when I say that, it's like those who have awkward moments, but then recover really gracefully are very cool people. Do you agree that awkward was cool? I I do. And I feel like the, the memes, like, started to pave a way for that where it said like that awkward moment when you you know um and then that transition to yeah if you can recover gracefully it's like great you nailed it 
I totally agree. And one of the greatest skills pageants can give you is the ability to adapt in the moment. So today we're going to talk all about how to recover when things don't go our way. They might get a little bit awkward and how you can roll with the punches. Ah, this is good. Okay. Now it's it's so valuable too, because I feel like when you are in the spotlight and something awkward happens and then you can handle it with grace and just kind of down to earth, it makes you human and people they relate to you a little better. And yeah, they might laugh at the situation, but the situation is what it is and everybody else moves on with their life. Yeah, you ever notice that when you have an awkward or embarrassing moment, the first thing people say is, yeah, but you handled it great. Because it's all about how you handle it. And that's what people remember about you. Yeah, completely. Okay, so what? The, how did you get these stories or did you create all the stories yourself? Are they all from your personal pageant journey or no? Well, I am extremely awkward turtle, but I didn't want to fill the podcast with all my stories. So we did poll our Instagram audience as always to hear their most awkward title holder moments. And when I say they did not disappoint, they did not disappoint. So we'll be reading those throughout, which will give us a great laugh and we'll tie those into some of our tips. (laughs) It's great. Okay. So there's six of them and uh, let's just go ahead and start. Who's our first awkward moment um, contributor? Yeah, so this came from Miss PA North America on Instagram, and she says, not having enough time to change in between opening number and performing a song and being totally out of breath the whole time. The performance was awful, and I couldn't get it together. And she had a crying, laughing face emoji. And I would love to see this video. Uh, You know, sometimes directors, God bless them, but they just... They're not necessarily thinking about all the transitions, but there's so many moving parts going on on behalf of the directors. And so things like this, you're not setting your contestants up for success. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how, like, what's your takeaway from her, from, I guess, her awkward moment? Yeah. So the first tip I would say is prevent the awkward. And sometimes it's not preventable. So let's get that out of the way right there. And you'll hear some of those stories way that no one could have predicted or expected. But if you're looking at the run of the show for the pageant and you genuinely know you press for time, because I'm sure this like she probably came off of opening number and there was no filler. And then she was the first contestant up for talent or something. like That's how I'm imagining the story. And if you're looking at the run of show and you know, like in advance that this is a possibility, you need to be prepared. So the first thing you can do is you have to lay out every single item in a way that makes sense and skip unnecessary additions like changing your hair or makeup. So if you have a pink lip, but you want to do a red lip for talent, that's an optional item that you save until the end. Like you don't want to make that, do that first and not have, and not have clothes on, right? So you need to have clothes on. Let's think of the hierarchy, like earrings, grab them when you're running on the way to the stage are all things you can do. But I will say, be your best advocate. So if you are truly are really concerned about it, talk to the director or the stage manager and see if there can be a staff member backstage waiting to help you. Just an extra set of hands goes a long way. And I will say too, like this only really applies to contestants one through three, because that typically should give you enough time afterwards. You're kind of just being high maintenance. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, and something like this, and we we've talked about this in previous episodes. This is why it's important to be really present when they're going over the run of the show. And you have to always assume that you're going to win. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have to always assume. So looking forward and saying like, especially if you're, if there is a talent portion like this particular, you know, one, et cetera. Um, 
like you have enough time to actually get in and do that wardrobe change or if you have more of an extravagant costume or something that you just have enough time for yourself. Oh, for sure. And I would even when you apply to be in the pageant, I would just or like after you've been accepted and you're sending your paperwork to your director, just say my, my I'm using this costume that already exists. It's it's like you, you said, elaborate. It's elaborate. If it, if I could be later in the show, that would be great. If not, I totally understand. So that way, again, we always say give people an out when you're asking for a favor. You don't want them to feel obligated or you're being pushy, but put it out there because they can fix it before the pageant. Once you get there, it's pretty much set in stone. Yeah. Okay. So that's awkward moment number one. What's that? What's the next awkward moment story? Oh my gosh. This might be my favorite of the show. So I shouldn't have done it so early, but it's from Ms. Woman, Tennessee, U.S. 18. So it's Ms. Woman, T-N-U-S 18. And she said, being asked if there was a Mr. Ms. Woman, Tennessee with my ex in the audience, I laughed, winked at him and said, not anymore. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Cringeworthy. It's just like. <laughs> I love it. Oh, okay. So how in the world? Because I could just feel. Like when this is asked, you somehow all of a sudden feel like everybody in the room knows your secret or that you just went through a breakup, you know? So how do you even re- begin to recover from this? I Well, for, don't you want to know why he was there? What? Was he there for her? Was he there for someone else? Like I have so many questions about this story. Uh, that is, gosh, did they just break up like the night before did they travel someplace and he's like okay whatever because i mean if i just broke up with you i'm sorry i'm not going to your pageant maybe he was trying to get her back (laughs) i have so many questions ms ms woman tennessee us 18 please send us a dm what happened yeah 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 okay i'm I'm very curious very curious okay (laughs) okay the tip for this one the moral of the story is respond with comedy so I'll give you this kind of visual. If you're in your pageant interview and they ask you what your quality, your best qualities are, and you say you have a great sense of humor, it doesn't always come through because just telling that to someone doesn't give them a glimpse into like your real life example of your sense of humor. So like they might, you might not be funny at all. And, or like you might be really funny, but just saying you have a sense of humor doesn't give an indication one way or another, really. Right. Because I mean, you, it's almost like the story where, we ask girls a lot, like, how'd you get into pageantry? Well, it's a really funny story. Okay. It's not funny. It's not funny at all, right? It's just like, <laughs> oh, it's just <laughs> it's just the story, which is fine. But there's something about that phrase that we all assume it's funny or, you know, we maybe we just throw that word around. But yeah, you're right. It's not necessarily funny. Um, so with your, so the moral, like, the, again, the moral of the story here is like, if you have the chance on stage to show your personality with something like this, which ended up being very awkward, um, it's a hundred times more valuable than you just saying, I have a great sense of humor. Show us that sense of humor when the opportunity presents itself. And if that's your strength, go for it. Comedic timing is a gift that not many people have. So like show that off. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Not anymore. (laughs) Like, was he dating someone else in the pageant? I just. Yeah. I mean, did they get back together after? You know, it's just like. Yeah. Are they are they going to get married now? I mean, I kind of want them to get married. That would be a hilarious story. That would be a very funny story. That that actually would be a funny story. Yes. Unlike other funny stories that are not so funny. (laughs) Okay, so that's that's how to recover. Like basically. 
we're talking about how to recover from awkward moments. The first is thinking ahead, preventing the awkwardness. Next is respond with comedy. What's the third story and the strategy to overcome it? So this story came from Miss Florida Gator 2018. She said, the amazing time I rode my scooter to campus, crown and sash on, because there was no car parking at University of Florida, and I was left no option, or I was going to miss the homecoming parade, which you can't miss that, of course. She said, it was great. The best part was the two-year-old little girl that caught me manhandling my scooter to get it on its kickstand. (laughs) Who has a scooter? I am amazed by this ingenuity. I mean, was the scooter motorized? And there's so many, all these stories are just providing more questions for me. Well, I mean, can you imagine looking uh, down the street and you see a girl full sash, like makeup, hair, crown, just going around on the scooter? Oh my gosh. Well, it reminds me like, I used to, if I was going to an appearance and I had a hairstyle where it was just easier to have my crown on before I'm driving and like everyone's being super friendly. They're smiling at me. They're waving to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone's in such a good mood today. And then I look in the mirror and I realize I have my crown on. <laughs> so of course people are super friendly and want to wave to me. So that's what this, this story reminded me of, which is very awkward and very funny. Uh, okay. So what, what's the takeaway with this? I mean, I, I do really admire her ingenuity and just Okay, finding a solution. So, I mean, that's the, I mean, one of the takeaways for me. But what's what's your takeaway of how to deal with this kind of awkward moment? I'm calling this tip the grin and bear it tip. And, like, let's face it, no matter what you do in a crown and sash, you draw attention. So doing something kooky is guaranteed to draw a crowd. So, like you said, seeing this Florida Gator on a scooter is going to turn some heads. Um, so you just have to get things done, to your point. And, like, for example... If you're at an appearance and you're for your state's dairy coalition and they ask you to take a photo op milking a cow or handing out cheese samples, you just have to go with it because sometimes you just don't have that luxury to pick and choose your situation. Um, So I will say like you grin and bear it. If you make choices and act with confidence and conviction, no matter how awkward the situation is, riding a scooter, milking a cow, driving in the car, you still come out looking like a pro because you went for it. Yeah. I mean, I remember I was emceeing a pageant and it was just like a small, um, a, a very small pageant. And um, there was only like, I don't know, maybe a dozen contestants across a few different categories. So not a lot of at all. And all of a sudden they're like, we have a surprise for you. And then they crowned me like Mr. Uh, whatever the title was and it was like <laughs> just in front of everyone and I'm like I, uh, like they're like we have a, a, a oh Mr. Division God. all of a sudden you're you're our first oh Mr. Content <laughs> and it was I was like I don't know what to do and I I was just three sh- shades of red because like what do I do in that moment right and now I'm walking around with a crown and a, a sash and the this title and it was just yeah, it was, it was one of those moments you just kind of like, okay, this is just is what it is. So let's just roll with it. Oh my gosh. I uh, didn't know that story. I love it. Yeah, it was it was interesting and it was very interesting. But okay, so that's the grin and bear it. Um, what's the, what's the next just awkward moment story? 
So this story came from underscore, underscore, Hannah Davis, underscore, underscore. She says, the moment I was talking to a class about my anti-bullying platform and a little boy was talking about how ugly I was the entire time. Obviously, someone didn't get the message that day. Goodness. That is so brutal. It's so brutal. It like hurts my heart. Okay. So how do you handle this sort of thing? This tip I'm calling keep your cool. And Steven, you've known me for four years now. And as I get older, I find it harder to bite my tongue. Like when a clap back opportunity presents itself, you know Mm -hmm. that. Um, but I'm just Jesse Ledoux and those listening are title holders and need to act accordingly. So you, the opportunity might present itself for you to like have a snarky response in times like this, but like you have to keep it together. Yeah. Have you ever had something similar like this happen? Like when you're Basically being openly criticized by someone or at an I don't event? know if you're baiting me, but I have world's best story about this. Really? Okay. I don't know if I told you the story. Okay. So I just started dating Kevin, my now fiance, and I went to an, oh, I just went Miss International. So we'd been dating for like seven months mm-hmm. and I'm, I was new to Buffalo. So I didn't know a lot of people and a lot of people like hadn't met me face to face. So I got invited to a, an event that my sponsor was throwing and it was in conjunction with a, ch- a local charity. Mm. So of course they invite me. They've been so, it was my tanning sponsor. They sponsored me for like three years of tanning, spray tanning. It was ridiculous. So generous. So of course I went to bring awareness. I did their social media takeover, whatever. So the next day I'm at Starbucks with a friend who works for that tanning company and we're talking and I, I overhear a group of girls talking about the beauty queen at the fundraiser the night before (gasps) and they're talking smack about me and I look over, it's Kevin's (laughs) ex-girlfriend. And so now I'm embarrassed because the person that sponsored me is hearing someone else talk badly about me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, how am I going to react? So I stood up at the, I stood up and I went to leave. I walked right over the looks on their faces. They had no idea I was there. Like it was an accident that they just happened to be talking about me while I was there. And it was Starbucks of all places, like so random. So I walk over and I said, I want you to know I heard what you said. I was an, an invited guest from, and I said, the tanning company, and they're a great sponsor and partner of mine, so I'm going to support them, and it's a shame that that's the takeaway you got from that charity event, and I turned and I left, oh, and that was it, you. and it was like silence, no words, like they had nothing to say back, and it was so gratifying to like in the moment, like stand up for myself, Yeah, but I did it in a respectful way, no name calling, I focused on the facts, and like that was it. That is so adult of you. <laughs> that's really oh, good. I was boiling. I boiling. Bet. But no, that takes a that takes confidence to be able to stand up for yourself that way in a classy way and just confront the in this case like the bully like head on. I mean, she. Have didn't... you ever heard that story, Stephen? I would tell us. No, before. no, I've never. It was heard so that perfect story. that you asked. Yeah, I I was just like, gosh, has this ever happened? Because I was thinking like, geez, how like did this happen to me and like how would I respond or how did I respond if this did happen to me um and then like of course like while you're talking and all that I was just thinking about a bunch of different things that happened to me like that you know I mean it's just like the more you're in spotlight the more things like this mm-hmm. are going to happen it's just kind of a um just kind of par, par for the course it just goes with the the role you know mm-hmm. so yeah okay so like with with that too, like with being a title holder, you really do need to 
decide what's worth addressing and what's not. Because like, you're going to hear all sorts of things. People are going to say odd things. So they want to be cool. They are sexist. They want to feed into stereotypes and say mean things about you and just determine when to walk away and when to react. And I can promise you that as a title holder, nine times out of 10, your safest reaction is to walk away. And this protects your reputation and will prevent the situation from escalating. But of course, like, again, if I reacted that way, like I did in Starbucks to every single time someone insulted me or said something weird to me, I just would have so much stress in my life and I'd have a lot of enemies. And you just have to choose the right moments to react. Yeah. I mean, my baseline is typically not to say anything is my baseline. And there has been some situations where I had have said something. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you're not going to change their mind. You know, you're not going to like win them over to your cause by (laughs) doing something. So, um, yeah, it's best just to grin, bear it and and move on because that, that old saying is so true. Like no statue or honor was ever given to a critic or no statue was ever erected in honor of a critic, I think is the, the better, um, way to say that but yeah that was good that, that perfect example and I'm, I'm proud of you that's cool oh, okay thank you cool. <laughs> all right so what's the that was hannah davis and sucks that you went through that hannah but like good job like handling class act um all right what's the next story the next story comes from ashley horsley 09 and ashley says when i was doing an on-air radio interview I forgot my title. I had to read my sash because I completely blanked. It wasn't a long pause, but it definitely felt like an eternity because no one knew whether to laugh or not. It was so awkward. Oh, gosh. I mean, and I could see this because especially depending what circuit you run, like Glitz Circuit or whatever, like sometimes you're competing for a new title like every week or Mm -hmm. every weekend there's a new pageant Um, or multiple pageants in a weekend. So... How do you like recover from this? Oh gosh, this is a tough one. Um, and you're totally right because like for Miss America, local pageants, you have to get a local to compete at the state pageant. So imagine competing five years, you have five different titles. So, um, I call this tip practice makes perfect. Um, and like, I've heard this mistake actually happen on stage too, which is like even worse. Like they're introducing themselves at the state pageant and they give their previous local title. Yeah. Oh, it's bad. Uh, anyway, uh, so my suggestion is when you're headed to an appearance, inter- practice introducing yourself five times and do so like thinking about, okay, what is the appearance, appearance who's going to be in the audience? So you're not just like saying, I'm Jesse Ledoux, Miss International 2013. It's okay. If you're talking to kids, how would you say it to kids? If you're talking to adults, how would you say it to adults? So you're practicing not only your greeting for the appearance itself, but also you're reiterating to your brain men like subconsciously that this is your name and this is your title and that way it's just a quick refresher um to avoid a snafu like that yeah and it's something that sometimes your mind just spaces out too Mm -hmm. right because i I get this a lot when i'm introducing people (laughs) like even when i'm introducing my wife sometimes because i'm I'm thinking about this person i'm thinking about my wife and i want to introduce them i'm thinking about the etiquette okay i okay which one do I have to introduce first in order to be proper etiquette? And so sometimes I'll even forget, like, I'm like, uh, you know, 
you, Renata, like I forget my <laughs> wife's name, right? Um, when I'm introducing everyone. So it does happen. And when it happens, you just like roll with it. Yeah. But practice makes perfect. And, and with, um, the more, in my case, introducing the more, um, your case, you listening, the more you're speaking in front of people or the more interviews you do, things will start to slow down. You hear this a lot in professional athletes. Whenever they first start a particular sport, everything seems to be moving so fast. The more they get into it, the more they increase their skill set, um, things slow down for them. And you'll find that a lot in the interviews too, because life is just, it's just a series of practices. And, you know, if you repeat anything, you'll get better at it. So in an interview, you're thinking about a lot of things. You want to put your best foot forward. You don't want to say anything silly because there's a lot of people listening in this case on the radio. So things can be moving a lot of like really fast and you're hyper-focused on yourself because you don't want to have an awkward moment. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, don't beat yourself up. Don't overthink it because I mean, as Ashley was saying, you know, it wasn't a long pause, but like for us, the speaker, sometimes it feels like an eternity, but for mm-hmm. them, it can just be like, you know, five seconds. Oh, for sure. And like with a moment like this, you could also react with comedy. One of the other tips we talked about, like if you just kind of, I'm sure that was like the perfect opportunity to say something silly back. Um, so however you react and the people that you're with will react the same. So if you laugh about it, everyone else is going to laugh about it, which can always make things less awkward. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> One of the things, I don't know if it's completely applicable here, but um, if somebody's supposed to call me back um, and then they just forget or um, something like that, or they're, they're supposed to email me and then they don't, um, and this is a, like a new acquaintance or a business relationship, I'll respond like, am I so forgettable? Seriously? <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. I'm like, I know. Am I so forgettable? Right? So um, it, it lightens it up and it's a fun way to follow up. So, um, okay. Who is the next, like what's the next awkward story and how do you recover? Oh my gosh. This is the most cringeworthy of all the stories. This came from, I am Zoe the poet and there's some underscores in there. So check out her account. It said when my dress malfunctioned during crowning for the first runner up. Okay. I, I mean, yeah, it's like, I'm kind of confused. What kind of mouth, a malfunction? Are we talking like Janet Jackson here? What are we talking I mean, I feel like that's my assumption. Yeah. Right? Well, some, oh boy. some of our younger it's listeners bad. might not understand the Janet Jackson malfunction. Yes. Okay. So in the Super Bowl halftime show, Janet Jackson performed with Justin Timberlake. And there was a part of the dance routine where he like, I don't know if you, I don't know what the choreography was supposed to be this way. But anyway, one of her breasts came out. She did have like a, a pasty on, so you didn't see anything but it was like 10 years ago, 12 years ago. So it was like a big shock and awe moment. We were totally not as desensitized then as we are now. So it was like a big deal. Like the F- FCC yep. was like find them like backwards, forwards, every way possible because everyone was so shocked and appalled by this. So yeah. that's the Janet Jackson-esque story. Yeah. So I'm curious what kind of malfunction, but okay, you're there on stage. She's like crowning for first runner up so she just got announces first runner up there's a malfaction like wh- what do you what do you do so uh, okay less a reaction more something to think about this is called the better safe than sorry tip and when you're shopping and picking out outfits and dresses to wear we usually like 
I mean, I, I don't know, Stephen, how men shop, but like I put something on and I know that ladies are with me, put it on, we turn around and see if our butts look nice in it. And then we decide if it's a good choice. So it's the front, the butt, and then it's like a yes or a no. But for pageants, it needs to be a more rigorous process. Like in, and like the other thing to consider is that each of your outfit options need different functionality. So your competition evening gown, where you're just like, literally walking and posing and that's it you need very little mobility and it because it needs to fit perfectly maybe even a little difficult to breathe depending upon what the structure of the gown is but like it's more that you look flawless than comfortable right yeah but when it comes to like giving up your title or doing an appearance you should be expecting to move around a lot in those situations so if you're crowning someone if so if you're trying on a dress and you know you're going to crown someone turn to the right as though you'd be getting bobby pins from someone to put a crown on. And if things are gaping and moving and shuffling while you're like, have it try when you're trying it on, it's probably not the right dress for that moment. So sit down, stand up, turn around, lift your arms, put your arms down, do everything you can while trying on gowns that you know will be more than just competition to avoid this. Yeah. I mean, I, I know Renata had a dress that, um, in one of her competitions that the straps went over her arms or her arms are somewhat pinned down. Mm -hmm. And so she also knew the limitations of the dress. So she was just very cognizant of it while on stage, not to like throw her hands up because then the sleeves would kind of pop up that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but if something like this happens just in the moment, like whether the dress splits or something falls out, just, you know, kind of shrug your shoulders and just go on. Cause I mean, obviously you didn't do it on purpose and mm -hmm. obviously it was just kind of a malfunction, but it's just like, and I mean, out of all times I have a dress malfunction too. You kind of want it at the crowning, right? <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, versus like you're walking on stage for evening gown, right? So right. I mean, all things considering if you're going to have a malfunction, you want it to happen at that particular point. Um, right. Cause your points are going to be affected. But at the same time, it is embarrassing. Like, I don't know how she was exposed or what happened to her dress or whatever. But like, yeah, I could totally see that being embarrassing. Because with mine, I, I know I've shared this story before, but Renata and I were taking a personal development course. And um, it, part of this personal development course, if you have something to say, you have to walk up to the microphone to ask a question or share your insight, whatever. And I think there was I don't know, two or 300 people in the class. And so I was up there and I was just talking and all that kind of stuff. Cause, um, and when I was sharing my insight and all this stuff and asking quick questions, then I got back down and then right now I was like, your pants are unzipped. I'm like, Oh, oh no. <laughs> I just, and I mean, yeah, it was my pants were zipped the whole time. And I'm like, gosh, like that is so not like me. Cause I'm like, how in the world do my pants get unzipped? Well, I mean, I was using the restroom before obviously, but then that same instructor, I saw him in the bathroom and I just started talking to him. I was so engrossed in the conversation. I just, you know, forgot. And <laughs> in like anything, nothing in life really has meaning unless you ascribe meaning to it. So I just chose not to put any meaning behind it. I'm like, well, my pants were unzipped because my pants were unzipped. So, you know, whatever. It's just a zipper. Everybody has them. Um, and at the same time, if I was in a different frame of mind, it would have it could have severely impacted me. I mean, you know, if I was in high school, I would have been mortified, right? Because oh, sure. yeah, things like that are just so important to you, like how you appear to your peers. But um, yeah, so Zoe, not sure how old I am, Zoe the poet is, but um, you know, hopefully she was later in life like you and I, where you care less about this sort of thing. Well, I, w I would also say like the, 
if it actually does happen, the first thing you should do is mitigate the risk. So if you have an expo, if you have an exposed front, turn around real quick, mm-hmm. right? You don't want the audience to see it. If you split, if your dress splits in the back, turn to the front and kind of sidestep off. I even saw a contestant at, I think it was Miss California USA in swimsuit where her string bikini popped, <gasps> like the back popped. So she quickly was able to grab it and hold it into place. Yeah. So mitigate the risk first and foremost, and then go ahead and smile and react. <laughs> yeah, good, good correction of a chain of events there. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, these these are amazing. I- anything else that you want to share before we, um, I guess, kind of wrap it up for the day? So I just have two extra bonus funnies that were presented, but I they didn't really fit with a tip, but I wanted to share them if you don't mind. No, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay, the first one came from Lauren Howard, 19, and she said, definitely when mine and Annie J. Lou, that was an Instagram tag, Annie J. Lou's crowns flew off our heads right after crowning in front of the whole audience. Oh, my gosh. And again, I have so many questions. Were there clips? How did they both fall off? Yeah. I mean, did they get connected together? Like, did they? Maybe. Yeah. Like, were they both looking down steps that they're walking on and they just kind of rolled? I don't know. Yeah. So but I questions. just like anytime a crown falls, it's like a gas moment in the audience, right? You know how that works. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And the next one came from Cynthia underscore Lynette. And she said, this is a good one. I was walking out of the Colorado State Capitol after opening the House of Representatives sessions. Big deal, right? Yeah. And I had just taken photos with the security guards in the doorway because, of course, because hashtag pageants. Um, (laughs) I opened the door to walk back outside with crown and sash on and did not see the steps right outside the doorway, nor did I predict the massive gust of wind that would literally sweep (laughs) me off my feet, send me careening down the steps of the Capitol building, heels up in the air. Yeah. She said, my crown was okay. Thanks for asking. Which is like, <laughs> again, that's how you finish something like this with humor. You always have to like inject your personality when you're presenting an awkward moment. So, uh, yeah. I, oh. So I, I'll say this, uh, and uh, this was something that one of my mentors told me and it helped me kind of make sense of all this. And he was like, life seeks balance. So if you're in a moment where you're in the spotlight or you're receiving a lot of praise which or a lot of positive attention, which you as a title holder walking in with your crown and sash will receive, life seeks balance. So because you had that high, there will or is an opportunity for embarrassing moments to happen to kind of bring you back down to earth. So don't yeah. necessarily be shocked. I don't also say like, don't make a dogma out of this. So if you know if somebody gives you a praise, don't assume that somebody's going to cuss you. <laughs> but if um, if something like this in a embarrassing moment happens after you just received high praise, just create a story around it that serves you. Okay, well, life seeks balance, and this just balanced me out to keep me keep me humble. So big deal. Move on. Oh, I have a story that goes perfectly with that. Okay, not to not to pull on anymore. That's but- great. So my for my farewell weekend, I had this white jersey gown and they did my hair and makeup and it looked amazing. Like and I was feeling myself. I was doing selfies on selfies on selfies. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is the best I ever looked. It's so me. And so I'm like totally laying it on thick in my brain of how great I looked. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, let me touch up my mascara real quick. And I went to take my mascara tube out and it flicked oh. all over over my dress well, wore uh, white. Yeah. yeah so i was like that is instant karma oh, man 
So yeah. you're absolutely right. Once you cross that threshold, there is going to be something that brings you back down to size. Yep, 100%. Well, uh-huh. so if you, the listener, have enjoyed this episode or if you've enjoyed any of our previous episodes or you just like Jesse and I, um, you know, just consider giving us a five-star review. It, it might seem like a really small thing, but it really does help us keep the show going. And uh, thanks for listening. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.